Praise the Lord, Ayers Christian Center Church. Glory to God. Glory to God. I know we're dealing with this coronavirus panic. Yeah, I said it. I didn't say pandemic. I said panic. You know, whether right or wrong, uh, as far as panicking goes, the thing we all have to understand is that this is a storm. And what I know about storms is storms come and storms go. Okay? You know, I, I, uh, heard, I heard it this way from someone recently. They say, uh, you got to go through the rain to get to the rainbow. Okay? Think about that. You got to go through the rain to get to the rainbow. You know, sometimes you got to go through hell to get to heaven. Ask Jesus. Okay? Sometimes they're going to laugh at you before they give you your praise. You see, when I was coming up, like Pastor Keith talked about, coming to Ohio State, Nate, this was before your time. You wasn't there yet. But there was a time when, well, let me go back. I came from a small high school. Uh, my high school class was probably 120 students. And I was probably the biggest football player on my team. And so got my scholarship to go to Ohio State. A lot of people from my neighborhood, my community, didn't want me to go there because they didn't think I would ever play. But I had dreams. I had aspirations, and I knew that it led me to Ohio State. I had to get through that. So went to Ohio State, got there. There was players like Eddie George. I don't know if you, some of you guys know these guys, but they're Giants, Orlando Pace, <laughs> Sean Springs, uh, Mike Vrabel. You might know him. Okay. So I get up to Ohio State, and shocking. You know, look at me. I came from being the biggest on my football team to now these grown men, basically NFL football players, are standing right before me. And it got to a point in practice where some of these guys were laughing at me. Nate knows how it is. When you go to a place like Ohio State, it's highly competitive. Okay? You, you can't have thin skin. And... To be honest with you, I kind of grew up that way, so it helped me because I had an older brother, so my older brother was always hard on me. But yeah, when I got to Ohio State, they laughed at me, okay? They laughed at me. But you know what? I didn't get down. I didn't feel sorry for myself. You know, there were some things in my life I had to get right, and one of those things I had to get right was the Lord. And so, like Pastor Keith said, at the end of my freshman year, I started becoming more serious about my relationship with God. I made Jesus Christ my Lord. Okay? I didn't just make Jesus Christ someone I knew about. Right? For 18 years, I lived with Jesus Christ as someone I know about. But when I decided to make Jesus Christ my Lord, now my decisions, everything was under that relationship as Jesus Christ as my Lord. You guys understand that? Okay? Because let me, let me demonstrate it this way. You know, often we talk about following somebody. Okay? So it says in the Bible, we ought to follow Jesus. 
Okay, Pastor Keith, can you come up here for a second? I'm going to let you play Jesus for a second. Okay, you play Jesus. So all you're going to do is you're going to walk that way. Okay, as he's walking, if I'm am I following him? Keep walking. Am I following him? I'm going the same direction he's going. But am I following him? Okay. The best picture I can think of of someone following somebody, look at Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan. Right? Michael Jordan chewed his gum one way. Kobe Bryant chewed his gum the same way. Michael Jordan stood one way. Kobe Bryant stood the same way. Michael Jordan had a fadeaway jump shot. Kobe Bryant had the same fadeaway jump shot. Okay? That's following the Lord. You know, oftentimes we just think because we know the Lord, we see the Lord, that, you know, we're walking with him. But we should be following the Lord. And so getting back to my story, so when I started actually following the Lord, you know, there were some tough decisions I had to make. You know, a lot of my friends and teammates, they didn't understand. How come Plum not coming out with us to the club? How come he's not going out with us? He's not kicking it with us no more. What's going on? They didn't understand. But I had to cut some things off. And for a time, it was kind of lonely, to be honest with you. You know, but I was developing a new family at the church that I was going to at the time. And before long, little by little, things started to change. Little by little, you know. Suddenly, in practice, you know, things are looking a little bit better. You know, but still people kind of still remember me as, you know, that guy. There goes that guy again, you know. And before long, I was a starter. I, I broke in during the spring practice, and I became a starter. And from that point on, the Lord was, took charge of my whole career. I can, I can go down the list of my career and what God has done to, you know, me, my senior year, you know, being able to work out with Deion Sanders. You know, that would be like a basketball player being able to work out with Michael Jordan. You know, Deion Sanders calling me to come when he's playing baseball to come down to a minor league game and work out with him on the field. You know, to me, getting one of the best agents, rest in peace, Eugene Parker, who set my career up so that when the Lord knew it was time for me to go, he made sure that I was set. I was settled. Okay? To me, being drafted by a good organization, the 49ers, who just so happened to believe in me to be a starter as a rookie when that was not common, and being able to then have Jerry Rice <laughs> on that same team who took an interest in me and taught me more about playing defensive back than any defensive back on my team because they were all, they didn't want me to take their job, okay? So I, I can go on and on about that, okay? But I just want you guys to understand, okay, when you follow the Lord, okay, things will begin to happen, okay? So, you know, this, this storm that we have, okay, I, I know we're all going through it differently, okay? But I want you guys to just realize that it shall pass. Okay, it shall pass. So what, what I want to do in opening up, that was just, that, that wasn't my talk. Hope you guys don't think that was my talk. That, that, was, that was the pregame. Y'all know what the pregame is, 
right? I'm just getting warmed up, all right? So, but what I want to do is, and I think this will help, help people here, and I know this helps me. You know, one of the things that I try to do is, is try to be consistent in prayer. And this is a prayer that David prayed, I believe, or it's in Psalms. Pastor Keith, you would know. <laughs> I'm not that. I, I, look, I'm, I'm up here, and I'm excited. I am thrilled to be up here. When Pastor Keith told me that he has you guys come up here to minister and preach, man, I got so excited. I said, man, I ain't never heard of that, but that is the best idea I've ever heard of. And, you know, I didn't want to, you know, come up and ask him, like, can I do it one time? <laughs> but the Lord knew my heart. And, and you know, this is, you know, something that when he, when he told me that, this is something that I always wanted to do, you know, because, you know, this is what it's about. It's not about one man standing on a stage and, you know, just controlling everybody. You know, that's what's happening right now in the world. That's what, why I say it's a panic, because they're using this coronavirus now. Sure enough, people could be getting sick and dying and, and things like that, but they're using it and they're controlling people, okay? That, to me, that's not God, okay? Fe panic fear, okay, I, I put this on my Facebook post. I don't know if you guys see it, saw it or not, but it said panic fear is a tool of Satan to control, okay? Faith is the tool of God to set free, okay? So... This is a prayer that any of you all can do, and do it consistently, every morning or, or every day, okay? And what I'm going to do is, I'm going to read this Psalms 91, and I'm going to do my best to read it in the first person, meaning, you put yourself in there, okay? You put yourself in there as I, as I read this, okay? Matter of fact, let's do it like this. You guys repeat after me, okay? He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Surely He shall I'm sorry. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. And from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers. And under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. That's right. I'm supposed to be doing this in first person. I shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrows that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. And this is my favorite part. A thousand may fall at my side. 
and 10,000 at my right hand. But it shall not come near me. Only with your only with my eyes shall I look and see the reward of the wicked. Because I have made the Lord who is my refuge. Even the most high my dwelling place. No evil shall befall me. Nor shall any plague come near my dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over me. To keep me in all of my ways. In their hands they shall bear me up. lest I dash my foot against a stone. I shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent I shall trample underfoot. Because I have set my love upon him, therefore he will deliver me. He will set me on high because he has known my name. I shall, I shall call upon him and he will answer me. He will be with me in trouble. He will deliver me and honor me. With long life, he will satisfy me and show me his salvation. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you guys, if there's anything that's, that's heavy on your heart or heavy on you, pray this prayer, guys, consistently, not just one time. Every time that, 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 that weight comes on you, Pray this prayer. That weight will leave. That weight will leave. Amen. All right, let's go. Let's go. Time for the game. Time for the. Let's get into this. I'm excited. Like I said, I'm excited to be here. Thank you, Pastor Keith, for this this opportunity. It's great to see my fellow brother, my Buckeye brother, Nate Clemens. <laughs> And 49er brother. All right. So, lo, so let, let's go. Let's go. And he said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that there are some standing here who will not taste death till they see the kingdom of God present with power. That's Matthew 16, verse 28. Repeat after me. I was made... In the, image of Christ. in the image of Christ. And one more time together. I was made in the image of Christ. You see in the beginning. There's, there's two in the beginnings. In the beginning in John 1.1 1, 1, it says. In the beginning was the word. Okay. And then you have Genesis 
1 1 where it says in the beginning God created okay it goes on to talk about how and we know that the word is what Christ right who is God and so in the second in the beginning in Genesis 1 1 it says God created the light the earth the waters the life on earth and in that life the Bible says he created man in his image okay so we all were created in the image of Christ so the distinction between those who claim the name of Christ and those who don't okay is that those who don't their original image of Christ is distorted okay and the reason that it's distorted is because of sin okay you see there is no sin with God okay so it's impossible to look like God if you still have sin amen Our, so those who, who have their original image is, is you become you're a citizen your, your image gives you citizen rights to the kingdom of God okay now we all are I believe we all are United States citizens and we have rights okay we have a right to vote we have a right not to be discriminated against okay but if we were to go to China those rights wouldn't travel right okay but let me tell you about the one who's the king of kings and the lord of lords okay <laughs> you see his kingdom the one that we are if you claim the name of Christ okay his kingdom usurps all other kingdoms and so we understand that we live in this world but we're not of this world okay we are here on a visit okay and our kingdom is the kingdom of God and with that we have citizen rights okay you see in the kingdom of God there's no one poor there's no one sad there's no one sick okay so I have the right as a citizen of the kingdom of God to be blessed in every aspect of my life alright so turn with me to Matthew chapter 9 verse 6 Matthew 9 verse 6 All right, so it reads, verse 6, But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. I'm going to stop right there for a second. I want you guys to take notice. This is Jesus Christ talking, okay? And take notice how Jesus refers to himself. Now, we understand that Jesus Christ was fully God, and he was also fully man. So there's a lot of different ways, or there's two different ways Jesus can refer to himself. He can refer to himself as the son of God, or he can refer to himself as the son of man, okay? But take notice in this scripture, he does not refer to himself as the son of, as the son of God. We know him being fully God, with God being all-powerful, that he would have power, Okay? But he refers to himself in this scripture as the son of man. He's talking about his man side, y'all. He's not talking about his God side. He's talking about his man side. 
So it says, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Do you know that we all here, we're all Son of Man too? Okay? Do you know that Jesus Christ says that in John 20, you can look it up when you get a chance, that after receiving the Holy Ghost, he gave them power to do what? To forgive sins. Okay? But here's the thing. Okay. Even if you haven't received the Holy Ghost, right? Even if you haven't really come to claim in the name of Christ, the gift of God is that the Son of Man has power to have his sins forgiven. You see, the bottom line is, is about your sins. Again, going back to your image, right? We all want to be a part of the kingdom of God. Your image is your passport into the kingdom of God. So if you have sin, your image is going to be what? Distorted. So that image is not going to give you that access as a citizen into the kingdom of God. So this is the gift of God, to have your sins forgiven. Okay? You guys understand that? You with me still? All right. So let's keep reading. Actually, I'll start, I'll start over and just keep reading. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. Verse 8. Now when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, who had given such power to men. Okay? You see, Jesus came to remind us who we are in the kingdom of God. You see, this paralytic man, this paralytic man, Jesus recognized the faith in him. And that his faith, Jesus recognized as someone who is of the kingdom of God. And so what Jesus does to this man, all he's doing, he's looking at this man like, what are you doing? You're part of the kingdom of God. Arise, take up your bed, go to your house, right? Jesus is telling them, access your faith. You have it, access that faith. And this man took the word of Jesus and he said, you know what? You're right. I'm going to access my faith. And he arose and departed to his house, okay? So what is Jesus telling you to do? Because of your forgiveness of who you are. Is he telling you to start a ministry? What about a business? Maybe he's telling you to be more of a light in the dark corners of the world. But again, we must keep out sin. If we follow Christ, we will live above sin. Okay? Living with sin or under sin we have no power. You guys know what sin is, right? I heard it said like this one time, that S is for slave, right? And then you just put in that N, slave in, right? So if something got you other than God, okay, that's sin, okay? So we have to live above sin with Christ, okay? Because we can't live with sin or under sin. 
when we live above sin, we have manpower. Everybody say manpower. manpower. That's what we're going to be talking about today, in case you, if you didn't know. Manpower. Okay? You see, the world will have you think that Harry Potter flying on a broom is power, right? Or what about the Avengers? Okay, what, what about two NFL football players colliding into, into each other and exploding, <laughs> right? You know, these are the world's different views of power. But God has a different perspective on power, okay? God views power as righteousness, okay? God views power as righteousness. Righteousness being the right thing at the right time in the right place, okay? Sometimes it can be the right thing, but not at the right time or in the right place. Sometimes it might be in the right place, but not at the right time or the right thing. Let me give you guys an example. We all been there where there was a young, a young fan, you know, he's going to his first Buckeye football game, and he's probably six years old, and he's get dressed up in his scarlet and gray, and he's excited. His dad takes him to the game, and they're there at the game, and there's a scenario on the field. It's third and one, and the opposing team has the football, and all they have to do is get a first down, and the game is over. The opposing team will win, okay? And if the Buckeyes stop the opposing team, then the Buckeyes will get the ball back, and they might have an opportunity to go down the field and win the game. And so what happens? The opposing team hands the balls off to the running back. The running back comes up the middle. It's a big hit. But the running back for the opposing team is able to fall forward and get the first down. All the kid sees is the big hit, and he sees the tackle, and he jumps up, and he says, yeah! Okay? You see, he was at the right place, right? He's in the, he's in the, I didn't say that, but he was in the horseshoe, okay? So he was in the horseshoe where you go to do what? Cheer for the Buckeyes. So he was doing the right thing, but it wasn't at the right time, all right? You guys looking at me like we're the only ones that got unrighteous fans? <laughs> They got to learn sometimes, don't they? <laughs> All right. So when God shows up, righteousness takes over. Guys, get that. When God shows up, righteousness takes over. The right thing at the right time in the right place starts to take over. You see, those who are sick but have faith are healed. You know, un understand this. Okay, when Jesus was about to heal somebody, sometimes he told them to go wash over at the sea, in the sea. He didn't just heal them right there because Jesus knew it wasn't the right place. He knew that. Sometimes Jesus got word that a miracle needed to be done. And Jesus would wait a couple days. No rush because he knew it wasn't the right time. The right thing 
at the right time in the right place. So those who have need and trust in the Lord have their need met. Okay? We being the image of Christ carry the power of the kingdom of God on us that when we show up, it's supposed to be like God himself showing up. So we're supposed to show up with that same righteousness. Okay? Sometimes we, we want to get ahead of ourselves. Okay? You guys know, know about Moses? Right? Right? Mo Moses saw his brother being beat down. And he knew that wasn't right. Right? He knew that wasn't right. So what Moses said, I'm, I'm going to do something about that. Okay? He said, he's going to do something about that. But was it the righteous thing to do at that time? Was that the righteous thing? Right? Because he ended up getting chased away. He had to wait 40 years. Okay? So <laughs> we have to understand righteousness. We can't get out ahead of God and, and, and think that, okay, we're doing what God wants us to do, but it's not when God wants us to do it or where God wants us to do it. Okay? We got to be connected through the Spirit, through Jesus Christ. Okay? You guys know what transformers are? I'm not talking about Optimus Prime and Bumblebee. You know, <laughs> okay? Y'all, you... Power. Exactly. They, they hold power. Right? You know about that, practicing that in uh, Santa Clara. Did y'all practice with them, that big old power plant? Did you, were you there during that time? <laughs> so when we practiced that with, with the 49ers, they had these big old power plants that surrounded them. We was like, well, man, what is this stuff doing to our bodies? And you can hear the, the power going through these lines. Like, zoom, zoom. It was like, we're practicing right next to it. But anyway, transformers hold power. And so Jesus is a transformer. Okay? You see, Jesus Christ transforms our lives into the righteousness of God. Again, righteousness being power, so we can say the power of God. You see, power exuded off of Jesus because he was a transformer. People's lives changed around Jesus. Okay? So right here. So here I have a radio. Okay? All right. So, so here I have a radio, as you can see. Okay, I have a electric cord or cord here. Okay, and we have a powered outlet. Did I cover it up? Yep. <laughs> we have a power outlet right there. So. This electric cord represents me, it represents you, okay? This radio represents our purpose, okay? This outlet box, some of you guys know what that is, right? This, if I was to pull this outlet out, it would look like a little box. That represents Jesus Christ. And whatever is powering this outlet box represents our Father in heaven. Okay, so we understand then that this electric cord can't turn on its purpose unless it's plugged in to this outlet, and this outlet has power. Okay, so 
with so the electric cord being us okay must well let me start over the uh, our father being the everlasting power and Christ being one with him okay and we abiding in Christ you guys see this I'm abiding in Christ remember the outlet is Christ okay and Christ abiding through this wire abiding in us okay allows us to live out our purpose so understand that okay I didn't do that as smooth as, smooth as I wanted to, okay? But <laughs> I want you guys to understand that. The electric cord, that's you. That's me, okay? It must abide in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is one with who? The Father who is powering the outlet, okay? So as we abide in Jesus Christ, Okay? Then Jesus abides in us through the power running through this electric cord or through us all the way so that now we can turn on our purpose. Okay? So I want you guys to see that. Now, so that's good, Pastor Keith. Thank you. Yep, you're good. So now my Bible readers understand the New Testament is not the First Testament. And to understand the New Testament, most of the time it helps us to go back to the Old Testament. Okay? And so what we should see with the Old Testament, we should see the Old Testament as puzzle pieces, all scrambled up. Okay? So remember when I talked about original image okay well what the Old Testament is, is, is doing is it has a bunch of pieces that are pivotal they actually have purpose okay and sometimes it's a little bit difficult to read the Old Testament because it seems like it's jumping around it's like you know, where's all this going? All these different stories, and then you have prophecies and prophets. You know, where's this going? And so then we get to the New Testament, and the new, what the New Testament does, it brings it all together, like in, with this puzzle, into an image. And so that image for us is the image of Christ, in which we all are supposed to be bearing, right? Our original image, we all were created in the image of Christ. Okay, and so like I said, these puzzle pieces. How does how do these puzzle pieces work? They must do what? Key together, right? They got a key together, so we can actually call these pieces keys. Okay, and so a lot of times we can look back on the Old Testament and find keys to help us 
to dig deeper into the New Testament. And so I'm going to submit to you guys uh, some keys. But before we do that, I'm going to read Matthew 16, verse 17. Okay, Matthew 16, verse 17. This is a scripture that we all know. Okay, it says, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. What do we do with keys, y'all? We open stuff, but we also do what? We lock some things up. And so that's what Jesus is talking about, right? There's going to be some things that we're going to lock up, we're going to bind, and there's going to be some things that we're going to do what? Open some things that we're going to loose, okay? You know, one of the things that we need to bind is what? Sin. <laughs> we need to lock that sin up, right? But for this talk today, we're going to talk about opening some things up so that we can understand how we as men should be operating or can operate in power. So again, I'm going back to the Old Testament, and I'm, and I'm showing you these keys that the Lord used. And I submit to you, these, these keys about power can be found in the lives of Moses, David, and Samson. Okay? Moses, David, and Samson. So when we study these three lives, we find that they all were powerful individuals. But their powers were distinct from each other. Moses was seen with supernatural power. Samson was seen with physical power. David was seen with ruling power. Now, we must understand in the Old Testament, Jesus Christ had not come to the earth yet. So remember in that example with the radio? We have Jesus to plug into. It's not that hard for us. <laughs> we got Jesus to plug into. In the Old Testament, Jesus hadn't came to the earth yet. They, they knew about him. They talked about him. But they had to be plugged into the Father a certain way. And these three individuals were all plugged in differently. I want you guys to see that. Okay? We're going to start with Moses. So Moses has supernatural power. But Moses was plugged in through obedience to the Lord. Moses was constantly tested if he would obey God or not. Remember God calling Moses and Moses trying to make every excuse in the book why he didn't want to follow God's assignment. But eventually he did what? He obeyed. The way Moses fulfilled his God duties went like this. Moses comes to God. God gives him instructions. Moses follows God's instructions verbatim. 
this pattern of obedience kept Moses plugged in giving plugged into the father giving him supernatural power this is how Moses was able to do all those supernatural things part the Red Sea right what do raise your arm Moses right oh okay right don't question them right why, why should I raise my arm no just raise your arm Moses learned that so obedience and the one time <laughs> the one time Moses didn't obey him what happened he suffered he suffered loss okay he suffered loss but eventually he did build back up his strength with God and you'll see that with all three of these individuals all right so let's move to Samson Samson was plugged into God through faith okay Samson's parents were ordered by the angel of God to have Samson be a Nazarite from birth this makes us think Samson's power came through him being a Nazarite, right? The angel told his parents, I want this child to be a Nazarite. So you would think like, okay, well, as long as he's a Nazarite, he's going to be good. Okay? We will later find out Samson broke the Nazarite covenant. He touched dead animal carcasses, and he ate unclean things. A strange thing happened, though, when he broke the covenant. He didn't lose his power. He didn't lose his power. Samson didn't believe those things connected him to God. All right? Faith, believe. Faith, believe. Samson didn't believe those things connected him to God. He believed his hair connected him to God. See, we want to make this big deal. Oh, Samson cut his hair off like it was some kind of magical power in his hair. No, that was where his faith was. He believed his hair connected him to God. And so when he lost that, the Bible says the Lord departed from him. Okay? The only way a believer can be severed from God is for that believer to lose faith. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. I know in 1 Corinthians 13, it says that faith, hope, and love, that love is the greatest. I submit to you that this scripture is more about our image. God is love. Christ is God. We are the image of Christ. Or we are the image of love. When God speaks about faith, He's speaking about our relationship with God. We, get, we, we can't begin to love God unless we believe in him first. All right, so let's move to David. All right, this, this is the one that I get excited about. All right, David, who had what? Ruling power, right? He was a king. He had ruling power. David plugged into God through the Holy Spirit through the Holy Spirit if you want to learn how to flow with the Holy Spirit then study David's life the Holy Spirit prepares us for what God is about to do the Holy let me say it again I don't think y'all catching this okay I, I know I'm not the most skilled orator, 
Okay, I know you guys are blessed with Pastor Keith, but I, the reason I'm looking at my notes, because I'm going to give you guys this exactly how the Lord gave me this. Okay? This is fresh stuff. I didn't get this from reading no book. I didn't get this from hearing another pastor or anybody. God gave me this, and he told me to give it to you guys just like he gave it to me. Okay? So, you know, get the, I don't know if this is being recorded, but I'm just telling you. There's some things that are being said. Now, I'm not sure if I'm doing a great, good, good enough job of saying it, but I know it's truth. Okay? So you might want to listen to it later. Okay? The Holy Spirit prepares us for what God is about to do. When God is about to do something, the atmosphere must be set correctly. This is done through worship. In the kingdom of God, the atmosphere is permanently set with worship. Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Right? It's constantly being done. Why? Why? The atmosphere must be set. Right? He, he, he's, he's allowing, they're, 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 they're setting the atmosphere for God to, to do stuff. When you, when you see that in the Bible, you see the throne of God, you see power just coming out from the throne of God. That's why that worship has to keep going on. Okay? David was an unashamed worshiper of God. He spoke the word of God before Goliath. Okay? He played the harp, and this is how he worshiped. These are three things he did in worshiping God. He spoke the word of God before Goliath. He played the harp before the king. And he danced naked to the Lord before the people. In these three examples, we see the method of the Holy Spirit moving. When David spoke the word, he was speaking truth. You guys remember that? Right? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine talking all this trash? You ever said that to a, one of your opponents, Nate? <laughs> You uncircumcised Philistine. <laughs> I might have said it to some of them. <laughs> if you did. <laughs> but he spoke truth. Okay? We all know that Jesus says that he is the truth. Okay? Before David became king, he had to serve the king. Okay? We know that worship is about service also. Right? It's about, I heard, I heard it say, anytime you hear me say I heard it say, that means I heard someone else say this. Okay? So I, that's my way of giving them credit. But I heard, heard it said this way. When you worship, right, you're saying you are worth this. Okay? You are worth this. You are worth, so when we worship God, we're saying, you are worth all this, right? You are worth it, Lord, okay? Everything that I have, right? Or, or we, we give something of worth, right? Worship, okay? So David had to serve the king, or he, or he served the king. And he did this, if you recall, by playing music for the king. The Holy Spirit shows us how to serve God. Okay? 
The Holy Spirit shows us how to serve God. When we serve God's purpose, get this, when we serve God's purpose, our purpose becomes greater. When the Holy Spirit shows up, things get bigger and more extravagant. David wasn't just playing elevator music. He wasn't just strumming the heart. Okay, it says when David played, the demons ran away. That is some powerful plan. <laughs> yes, the Lord is found in that still, small voice. But that mustard seed voice, if planted properly, will move mountains. My favorite method of the Holy Spirit is when the joy of the Lord takes over. The joy of the Lord cannot be explained. You just see it like when, when David is in the streets of Jerusalem, dancing naked before the Lord. I, I heard this past Sunday you guys had a <laughs> Holy Spirit moment, <laughs> right? You, you, you can't explain it, right? When, when the Spirit comes, right, it, it, it just takes over. And you, you have no choice but to just flow with it. You know, sometimes, you know, you, you, you laugh. Sometimes you, you dance, shout, run, sing, smile, cry, speak in tongues. The one thing that you can't do is what? N nothing. <laughs> when the Holy Spirit comes, you can't do anything. I mean, you, you, you have to do something. You can't just stand, sit there and do nothing. So when we th one of the ways to, 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 you know, usher the Holy Spirit to come is, is just think about the goodness of the Lord, y'all. Even today, you know, like I said, you know, every day is special. You know, it's a blessing to be alive. Okay? Every day, you know, there, there is great things we ought to be praising the Lord for. Okay? And just in doing that, when you put yourself in that type of atmosphere, now the Holy Spirit can be begin to move on you too. All right. So the keys to the power of God, I put it this way. So we, so we, just to review, we talked about Moses, right? He was plugged in through obedience, right? Moses has super, supernatural power. We talked about Samson, who had physical power. He was plugged into God through faith. And then we talked also about David, who had ruling power, and he was plugged into God through Holy Spirit. So the keys to the power of God, I put it this way, obey, have faith in the Holy Spirit working in you. Obey, have faith in the Holy Spirit working in you. We see this in Jesus and in those he touched. All right? Jesus walked in obedience to God, even with the obedience taking him to the cross. He could do this because he had faith that the cross was not the end. There was something bigger on the other side that the Holy Spirit was preparing him for. Those Jesus worked miracles and had to obey, have faith in the Holy Spirit moving on them through the truth being spoken. So we all remember the terms when Jesus said, take up your bed and walk, right? Somebody had to take up their bed and walk. 
Okay? Somebody had to believe that there was going to be a difference. Your faith has, have made you whole, right? Your loved one lives. So is it that simple? I live a life of obedience to God, have faith in him, and flow with the Holy Spirit, and I too, like Jesus, will be able to raise the dead. <laughs> Remember, God is our source of power. All power comes from him. There's a power plant. Okay, I'm, this is, <laughs> you like this, Keith. This is me talking in a parable. <laughs> There's a power plant that gives power to the city. In that city, the closer you are to the power plant, the more power you will receive. The keys help us get closer to God. Jesus said to the disciples when they asked, why could we not cast out the spirit? Jesus replied, they had little faith, meaning they weren't as close to God as they thought. Remember what we talked about faith? Faith is about relationship. Faith is about how close you are with somebody or with God. Then Jesus went on to say, besides, Jesus says, casting this kind out requires prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting do what, Pastor Keith? It, 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 it brings you what, closer? Closer to God? Right? Maybe, that, maybe, maybe, maybe that's why what, what happened Sunday happened, maybe? So with God, all things are possible. Yes, you can get close to God, but if you are not where you want to be with God at this time, and you have some pressing issues you need address, there's a way to connect with others who are nearer in the circuit. This is what the scripture says. It says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person, the prayer of a powerful person, is powerful and effective. James 5, 16. So, that's pretty much what I have. Uh, you know, what, what I like to do now is just uh, have everybody bow your heads and close your eyes. So right now, if you find yourself outside of God's connection, what is God's connection? It's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ calls us to join him, to live in him. When we live in him, he lives within us. And at that point, all things become possible because you are set free. This world would have you chained to sin. Jesus Christ came to break that chain so that we could truly experience God's kingdom here on earth and beyond. Sin would never tell you you don't have to be broken. The truth is when God created us, he created us perfect. Sin is the one thing that has broken us. God has put us back together in Christ so that we can claim the perfectness 
of Christ for ourselves. You want to be made perfect again in the eyes of God? You need to come to Christ and receive by faith your sins being forgiven and you becoming a child of God. So if that's you, I want you to pop to your feet. Okay? If there's anybody here, you might not have claimed the name of Christ. You know that your original image is distorted and you want to get that corrected? Now is the time that you can get that corrected. You can become that citizen of the kingdom of God. So thank you, Lord, for touching the heart of all those you have called to you. If you hear something telling you to stand, trust me, it's the Lord. So I thank you, Lord, for this time that we've had together. I thank you, Father God, for your spirit. I thank you for this message, Father God, for the truth that you have spoken. I give you all the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. All right.